0: When I came in, you know, I was just like, man, I just want to just be a part of of, of the force of this defense in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I don't want them to keep talking, to keep getting me better, keep sharpening my blade, and keep, you know, I mean, iron sharpens iron. So, you know, I just kind of embraced it in a sense. Yeah, it seems like you, Ryan got a temper on him or something. But like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you ain't the first one that said that, Matt Abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the lounge. We are in the thick of training camp, and a lot of news has been happening over the last several days. Yeah, Justin Houston took the field. Gus Edwards came back. Ronnie Stanley came back. Oh, and a guy named Lamar Jackson. He's also back on the field. So a lot going on at Ravens training camp right now, but I'll tell you what. One guy whose name has been buzzing perhaps more than anybody else has been Justin Matabike, the second-year defensive lineman. So we're bringing him on. The lounge today.
2: Yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to talk with Justin, who has had one of the best camps of anybody out there so far, and the expectations are definitely really high for him, second year player. Certainly on that short list of guys who could be a breakout star. You know, we always get that question. Who that's could a break long. Out?
1: Let's. That's a long list. Let's be honest. Right, well, yeah.
2: a, who's going to be a breakout guy? Yeah, I got a dozen. <laughs> yeah. Well, but here's the. Well, the, it's always the debate of you know like you Does include it, someone who's already broken out right. like Deshaun, Patrick Queen,
1: Deshaun Elliott, right? Like started all 16 games last year. Breakout.
2: Right. Right. It's Patrick Queen, first round right, pick. Right, anyway, right. um, but if we're even if we're even pairing down the list and giving you a true list, Mad BK might be at the top of that list.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah, we'll get on the back end. We'll talk about stat expectations. Yeah.
2: Here. So we're going to talk about that. And then also just all the news of training camp, like Ryan mentioned, some of these guys coming back. Uh, it's, it's been a busy few days. So let's go ahead and welcome in our guest, Justin Matabike. We are pleased
1: to be joined by Justin Matabike. And we got to start with the nickname, Justin. All right. You said you could either go with Matabike's. Or mad a beast. <laughs> I'm kind of a fan of the latter. Mad a beast is kind of hardcore.
0: Yeah, uh, it was mad a beaks at first, but then Wolfie, I made a play on the sideline, like and cried. like, "Ooh, mad a beast." And I was like, "Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one too." <laughs> I'm kind of stuck between the two. I, I don't know, but I think I got to earn the mad a beast part, make a big play, and then I'll get that. But for now, it's mad a beaks.
1: just just how do you look at uh year two for you i mean obviously a lot of high expectations i i haven't heard this much hype about a guy in a little while and i'll admit i'm on the train (laughs) all right i might be i might be the driver of the train on this bad boy but you know how do you kind of handle that when there's a lot of uh you know there's high expectations for you this year
0: yeah you know i just i don't even take it in high stride meaning that i don't absorb it all I just try to focus on the things I can control is just like what with, with, like I wake up with the attitude and the effort I put in when I come into the building and just making sure I get my hours of sleep and I just try to keep it as simple as that the things in between you know will work itself out I believe and then you know all the high expectations I have high expectations for myself you know I mean I have things I want to accomplish um, but I want to get that Super Bowl that's that's for sure but in order to do that, I just got to come in and be the best version of myself every day, really.
1: You know what sounds good to me on that is the eight hours of sleep. <laughs> the consistent eight hours, I wish I were as you know regimented as you.
2: Well, that's the key. Yeah, for real. Sleep. Sleep is a key to success. <laughs> I, that's key. 12 hours a night every night for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for sure. It keeps your brain sharp, man. For real.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: I know. I've actually heard – You know, I remember James Hurst telling me about that. He's a big advocate of sleep. That like you you get dumber when you don't sleep, so that might explain a few things about me. Yeah,
2: well, the, no. not to not to do a whole sidebar on sleep here. I, I'm watching a masterclass on sleep, and the, basically, there's a lot of truth to that. Which what you're saying, which is, if you aren't getting sleep, your body doesn't recover as well. You're you're mentally not as strong. So, do you feel that, Justin?
0: I feel that, especially in camp, where you're just pounding, 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 and then you get home at like eight. And, Ironically, like it's funny. Like as guys, we want to just like chill, play the video game, talk to baby, like how you doing. But now nah, you need to like get your dinner in. You need to like get maybe thirty minutes or even forty five minutes, even pushing it up like your time, and then hit the bed, hit the pillow. Because if you don't, the next morning you, your body may be regretting it. You know? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What so. Sage? Look at this year two. The guy's already a cagey
2: Sage veteran. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you got to learning this- from like. Po- you got all the veterans in that room. That's got to be part of it.
0: That it, it is part of it. I was about to say, I got Clays and Baby and Wolf, who are like 9, 10, 12, 14 years into the game, and even Jelly, and they be telling me those things. I'm just like, uh, I'm a young guy. Should I listen to it or should I not? I'm, like, no, I'm going to listen to it. The other guys are just going to be like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, I'm about to apply that because I want to be the very best version of myself so we can get to where we can get to, man. It's just like that, you know?
2: It's awesome. What have you learned from those guys? Because like, I got to believe like when you're in that room, like to some extent it's got to be strange because you're like 10 years younger than a lot of these guys and so like you you're the baby of the group you know and they are probably a little bit more connected in terms of where they are in life and families and things like that um and and it's just you're coming in from a different place like how is that dynamic and, and what have you learned from those guys
0: uh you know at the end of the day like we're all we're all just we're all guys we're all like men and like we talk about similar things. It's just like, when it comes to like the family part, they drift into the kids part. I'm just, just there just looking at them and listening. So I, I, I like acting like I relate when I don't have kids. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um,
2: that's,
0: that, that's really the, the the difference. They're dads and they're, and they're men and they have a lot of wisdom. And I just try to just soak all it in and just ask questions when I'm curious and not be afraid to ask them questions. Cause probably somebody that was young was just afraid to ask that. And I, I was the one who was willing to ask it. You know what I mean? So that's really the whole difference. They're all cool and they all just try to help us out so we can just be a brotherhood, a bond and be a force on the field, really.
1: Is there ever a time I feel like, you know, maybe this is just my personality, but you know, if I get told how to do something too many times, like, all right, all right, all right, I got it, I got it. Leave me alone, <laughs> leave me alone, I got it, you know. You ever do you ever feel like, like I always see Clay so he puts his arm around you, I feel like all the time you you know, or you, you must just be better than me about <laughs> soaking stuff up.
0: Yeah, it seems like you, Ryan got a temper on him or something. But like...
1: <laughs> you ain't yeah. the first one that said that, Matt <laughs> Abuse.
0: <laughs> but now, like placing them, like they're always in my ear, and I first I was just like, "Man, did you just say that like five minutes ago?" But you know, over time, I'll just like, you know what? Like they're talking to me because they love me and they want me to be the best I, that I can be, so I can easily be a little a little rat about, but I ah, get off me and then they stop talking to me, but I don't want that. I don't want them to keep talking to me, keep getting me better, keep sharpening my blade and keep, you know I mean? Iron sharpens iron. So, you know, I just kind of yeah. embrace it in a sense.
1: How much, how much did the way you ended last season? I mean, you were playing at a really high level. I feel like down the stretch, got your first sack, you know, uh, who was the Giants? That was like yeah. a double team too. You beat that guy off the snap. Then they tried to come over and double you. You were gone. <laughs> yeah. You were gone. How much did the way that you finished the year kind of catapult you into this season?
0: Yeah, last year was different, you know, with, with all the COVID stuff and all just the rules and regulation. It was crazy. But, you know, during the end of the year, things started to get more in a groove in a sense of with everybody combined to the rules and stuff. And uh, I came off my little injury in pre-camp. And uh, when, when I came in, you know, I was just like, man, I just want to just be a part of, of of the force of this defense in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And then I just kind of got a groove after Jacksonville and, and the sack and the Giants. And then that was end, and, and at the end of the year when we lost to the uh, Bills. But I felt like I was getting in a group, but then the season was done. And I was like, ah. But now it's back to the grind, back in the offseason. I just kept doing something every single day, just a little If I don't want to work out, I'll stretch. If I don't want to stretch, I'll work out. Just do something productive. And I feel like I got to just keep um, stretching that and keep building on that. I think I'll be fine.
2: hmm You yeah, know, that when – Last year, you did – it was an ankle injury, right, in, in training camp? Um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Was it
2: was it an ankle? I can't remember. Or knee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my, it was my, it was my knee. Yeah, okay, my knee. okay, knee. All right, all right. I can't, I can't remember. But like, how, how tough was it to, to deal with that early on when it's like you're trying to just kind of like learn how to be a pro and to get these practice reps, and then all of a sudden you're stuck watching from the sidelines, and you can't really have that really critical development time?
0: Well, like at first, it mentally, on the emotional side, it sucks, but then when you have these vets that have been through those things, they give you the wise word, They're like, take your emotions out of it, put all your emotions and all of that energy into getting right, getting back. And then when you come back, small out. It's just that simple. When you come back, know what you have to do. And since you're off time and you're not in practice, use that time to look through the playbook. So when you come back, you shouldn't be asking as much questions as you did before because you're, like, ahead mentally. So, like those are things that I did and I applied it and it worked. So, um, you know, I'm going to pass that down to somebody who's younger in the future for sure.
1: Is there any part of you that, uh, wants to, obviously you want to win a Super Bowl for many reasons, but as part of it, you know, Calais, you know, this could potentially be his last year. He said, he's not really sure. You know, for those older guys in your room who are chasing that Wolf's already got one. Wolfie's already got one. Yeah. All right. But for Calais, you want to kind of help get him one
0: for sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Quay is like a big bro to me, man. He, he he really is, uh, like, a very genuine, happy person. I feel like I'm I'm in that way, too. I'm genuinely I'm, – I'm just happy, too. And, like, we kind of just gel naturally. But, you know, he has those 14 years on me, man. So, like, I have to listen to what he has to say, man. He, he earned his respect, and he's earned his stripes throughout the league. And, um, you know, it's just a blessing to have him on my team. And, for sure, I, I want to win it for him. And I also want to win it because one of my teammates in high school – uh. And we'll just one one with Tom Brady. He's like, oh, I'm like, man, we're going to get one, too. We got Lamar. Hey, no, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, Tom Brady's a go. Yeah, Patrick, blah, blah, blah. but Lamar, he's special, in my opinion. So.
1: That's awesome. So who, who around the league do you kind of look at and compare your game to or take notes on? You know, I, I've seen people talk about you and Aaron Donald because you're kind of that twitchy, explosive guy, got the strength. You know, you're kind of a penetrating force at defensive tackle. Much like Aaron Donald. Now, that's Aaron Donald. We're talking about a yeah. defensive MVP here, right? Yeah. So, But but do you kind of take notes on his game and look up to him and say, maybe, maybe, you know, I have physical traits that are kind of freaky too.
0: I do. I Honestly, I do. Aaron Donald, I watch his game and, like, everybody, it, it, it's a universal vote. The guy's a monster for sure. And um, I definitely want to play at that level. But, you know, I honestly went to Pittsburgh, like, probably like a month and a half before I, I, I reported to camp. And train with him for like three to four days, just pick his brain, meet him. Cool guy. Um, And we do have a lot of similar, like, our body types and stuff. But he just, he's just so focused. He's just so, like, in tune with, like, his grind. I'm like, yeah, I need to, I need to, like, get on that same mental wavelength as him, He's just a beast. And he just, he didn't talk much. But one one thing he told me as I was training, he's like, bro, you need to push yourself. Like, you know, you you need to push yourself. And, like, you know, when Aaron Donald's like, you know arguably one of the most dominant defensive line in NFL history he tells you to push. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take that to the next notch. I'm going to take I'm going to push it. I'm going to push it the best that I can for my team. And yeah. Uh, Geno Atkins is a great, uh, another guy. look Gerald McCoy, his power rushes, uh, even Fletcher Cox, you know, he's small on the big side, uh, um, upper body, but his power, um, uh, his power uh rushes and the way he gets out blocked, I, I respect that as well. And, he, and even Kawhi is too, but Clay is super tall. I can't compare <laughs> yeah. Do you
2: go, going back to the training with Aaron Donald, how did that come about? Like, was that a camp that he had? Was that, have you guys talked before? What was, what led up to that training session?
0: Yeah, it was uh, one of his trainers that he, he, he's been training Aaron since he's been in like, like ninth grade or like eighth grade and, he, shout out, he shouted out to me and was like, hey, what's up, man? You're, you're a pretty good player, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I was like, yeah, man, like, I hear you be uh, training AD with the footwork and all that stuff. And he's like, man, man, I train athletes. I don't even train D-line, man, I train athletes. Like, we were out there training with, like, high scores, five-star recruits, and then it was Aaron our defensive five-time MVP, like, right here. I'm just like, these guys are on different spectrums, man. It's like crazy, but <laughs> it's just athlete uh footwork and athlete movement you know, quick twitch movement and i was like yeah i need to see what that's about i went out i went over there man i threw up every every workout it's crazy <laughs> it's like, I, was, I was like throwing up it was crazy but i got the working though i got i got it in and i showed up you
1: know? that sounds like me at a buffet right there <laughs> for
0: real for real but you know it's all good work i, lo- I, just, I love to work so
1: that's that's really- that's awesome. Do you do you feel it like paying off? Like that those training sessions with him. Like you're obviously having a really strong start to training camp, and uh, do you feel that that's made a difference?
0: Um, yeah, but you know, even b- before I once I, I was training on my own, but definitely when I was there, I learned just a few things, just like like just stopping on a dime and, and quick twitching and redirection and stuff like that. And I feel like it's paying off a little bit here, but I feel like I need to. Train with them more, and like in the future and stuff like that. But for now, I'm just focused on camp. I'm just trying to get these plays right. I'm just trying to build this chemistry with this team, and just trying to win the whole thing, man, for real.
1: Right. So, so I want to talk a little bit about you and your background. Is son son of Nigerian immigrants? Your parents both came here in '94, I want to say. Yeah, '94. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how much pride do you take in in your Nigerian heritage? And, um, you know, can you share a little bit about the the journey that your parents went through?
0: Yeah, um, my my folks, my mom, my dad, they were born in uh, Nigeria and um, they got here in 94. And my dad was a a bodyguard. and My mom was a was a babysitter. And then in 96, they had my older brother, uh, Jason, in in New Jersey. And um, my dad was working as a bodyguard still. And my mom was. Um, and labor and stuff like that. And my grandma came from Nigeria as well to help out with my mom and taking care of uh, my older brother and myself because I came in 97, a year after. And just my grandma was with me from, from like, from when I was like, before I was born till I was like seven or eight. And then she took off back to Nigeria. And just, you know, seeing them come here with just $2,000 in cash and just kind of working their way from the bottom to like, Eventually, my mom, she got into school. She got into nursing and stuff like that to help um, help our family be in a better place. And um, we moved from uh, New Jersey to Dallas, Texas. Uh, when we moved there, that's when I was born in 97 in Dallas. And I had my sister in 99. And we just kind of just took it one year at a time. And then we moved to um, McKinney, Texas. And that's really where it all started from kindergarten through high school and all the whole the whole nine yards. I was a kid who just had a lot of energy. Always wanted to go out, and do backflips, play skateboard, jump on trampolines, the arcade, now everything that brings the ooze and all. I was all with that. My, my older brother was too shy. He didn't want to jump on nothing. I was like, "You're supposed to be the older brother. I'm supposed to be following you, and you're following me." You know what I mean? And so, yeah, that, that that's really what it was. But my mom and dad, they always would like. I'd play too much. My dad would tell me to come inside and. Stay inside and read a book or like write a poem or something, just like do something like educational. I was like, no, nah, I don't wanna play football. I just wanna play football. I just wanna play sports and stuff like that. But you just told me, just instilled <laughs> in me, uh, just hard work, drive, um, being a kind person, um, staying poised, being humble. Those things can take you a long way.
1: I, I read that when you were born, the doctor held you up right as soon as you were born and said, "This is a football player." Yeah, that's right what my mom here. said.
0: That's what my mom said. I don't think I believe believer, though, but I think I do believe it too. I'm a football
1: player now. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like Lion King. You know when they, <laughs> you know uh, Simba's born, they <laughs> like, put him out like, ah, yeah, 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 exactly, that was
2: funny. <laughs> exactly. Was uh, I always think back to your the moment you were drafted and the and the video of when you were drafted. I, that was it's one of my favorite draft day videos because you were so emotional and you were surrounded by your family and it just, it just is striking, you know, I think it was just a really powerful moment was part of the reason that it was so emotional beyond just the celebration of your success in that moment for you, were you kind of thinking about all that had led to that point for your family? Like you just kind of talked about your family's path and I got to believe in that moment when you're surrounded by everyone that that is part of the emotion of that.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, I was just emotional because, you know, prior to the draft, it was just like a whole – just getting drafted is just a whole process within itself. It's it's draining us as, as the player. You have to go through all these interviews and all that stuff, and you just don't know which team's going to get you. You're hearing all these rumors. It's like, ah, I just can't wait for it to actually happen. I and mean, then when it happens, it's with a team that you felt a good gel with when you were interviewing them, like during the coming with the Ravens. I was just like, Yes, yes, yes! Like thank you, Ward, for just the rain. And I just, I just, I just broke down, I man. I was with my family. I was just like, man, it actually paid off. But and you know, it was a good moment. But then I was like, back to work. That this is where the real grind is. I'm just like, I can't wait, and I'm here now, so I can't wait to get to get to
1: keep it up. Really, that's awesome. Well, man, we we have high expectations. We don't want to put too much on your shoulders, but we're excited to watch you play this year. You're a good kid, a hard worker. I'm really excited about you, Justin. Sorry, Matt Yeah, Matt yes, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you, man. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Garrett. Well, thanks for joining us, man. You take care. Yes,
0: sir. You too.
2: I like that. I like
1: him, man. He's just got a great personality. Obviously, way better than mine. Uh oh, takes. Takes coaching way better.
2: <laughs> yeah, clearly you don't take any coaching. That's why you're not a real athlete, because you wouldn't take any coaching. Over the course Whoa,
1: here. I'm a natural athlete. I don't need any coaching.
2: <laughs> <laughs> then we'll go with that. Got
1: through my softball playoffs without popping the hammy, by the way. Happy, happy to hear it. I had to leave early, though. Of uh, course you did. My kid, my kid needed, just hit a wall needed a nap. I came. I got there late. You're not a team player. I got there you're late. You're not a team player. Popped a two-run homer and then left.
2: You're not a team <laughs> player. If you, if you can't finish the game then you're not a team player.
1: I'm just a be- I I'm want just just team- better dad. No, I'm you- just dad over softball team.
2: I'm sorry. No. Pop the two-run ball! You're teaching your kids that there's no nothing to be said for loyalty and commitment. That's what they're learning from dad. <laughs> that there is no value in finishing no. the job and having loyalty and being committed to the task. You know
1: what they're learning is you hit, always hit the ball to right field because that's where they stick the weakest fielder. <laughs> so
2: you hit it to right and then you cruise
1: around the bases, baby. Yeah, you're just not a pole hitter. <laughs> Not a pull hitter. Oh, I'm oppo. I'm all oppo.
2: Apple field. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so yeah, Justin was great. I thought it was really interesting. Obviously, hearing him talk about training with Aaron Donald and yeah. how that came about. It gets your attention. Yeah, you're like, oh, and and then just like how it happened. It sounded like they were just like DMing each other on Instagram or Twitter. Ooh, his and, trainer reached yeah, exactly. out. He's like, it's like uh, he's been handpicked. You I know, know, they're like, you look pretty good. You know what? I'll work with you. Yeah. It, clearly, uh, th- that. That session, that training session, resonated with him, um, yeah. and the fact that Aaron Donald basically, you know, kind of told him, "You gotta, you gotta put everything you got into it. You can't be pulling a makeup leaving in the middle of the game." <laughs> <laughs>
1: very true, very true. Uh, but yeah, all right. So, how many sacks could Mattabike get this year? Because I'm thinking he could honestly be in the five-six range.
2: That would be huge if he can get in that five-six range. I really I, do. I think that five five would be. With terrific. And, and, like, I think he, I think that's a really good number for him. Like, I think that would be, like, the number that I would set. Six, I would probably say would be higher than I would expect. I'll go with five, though. I'll okay. go with five. And, you know, like, we've talked before about the pass rush. It's going to be coming from a lot of different places this year, I think more than last year, especially if everyone stays healthy. Clay is able to be out there all 16 games. Mm-hmm. Matt BK is able to be out there all 16 games. Like, Ogafe. the thing I love about... Odafe,
1: obviously, Ogafe. is looking good in yeah, practice. He's been
2: he's been excellent. What I, like, just for listeners out there, what stands out to me about Matabike in comparison to the other defensive linemen, like, his quick twitch ability just jumps out to me. Like, mm. he can, like, Brandon Williams gobbles up tacklers. Obviously a different player here, but yeah. go, gobbles up blockers. Like, Matabike can can beat offensive linemen with power, but he's just, his quick twitch speed is much better than these offensive lines,
1: And that's what separates these defensive tackles, at least in guys. guys In the pass rush. In in the the pass pass rush. Exactly. Like that kind of penetrating, you know, five-technique defensive tackle, it's that quickness, that explosion. You know, I mean, the Ravens haven't had that in a while. I mean, Timmy Jernigan was kind Mm -hmm. of that player. Yeah. But he wasn't, I don't think, as explosive as Matabike is, to be honest. Like, he had a lot of power and yeah. timmy was in that stout frame like he was a strong grown man who came like a dog yeah. right like he had a, he had kind of a more of a dog attitude than you get from matabike who is like this really nice guy. Yeah. I'm sure he plays like a dog. I don't yeah, want to block him. He turns it
2: on, he turns it on the field. I'm sure I don't want to block him. I'm just <laughs> yeah, saying, like, just cause he's a nice, he, the next time you see him, he's not going to be so kind. Right. Yeah. I almost feel
1: like, like Timmy won kind of almost with that mentality and strength. And Matt Abike's just got like a higher ceiling in terms of his athleticism, his quick twitch. Like it, I mean, we bring up Aaron Donald and you train with him and stuff. And it's, you don't want to put him on that kind of pedestal because that's a high pedestal, but. The potential is there, like the physical potential is off the charts with Justin Matabike. I mean, he blew up the combine. Yeah. Part of it, I I, for, I didn't ask him this, but John Randall was there, Hall of Fame defensive lineman, uh, from the Vikings who, who Matabike actually watched as a kid and, and he's, you know, that kind of motivated him a little bit in the combine, he said too, um, back when he did the combine. So. Uh, I mean, he's just got all the p- potential in the world,
2: and the Ravens have been looking for a guy like that. Like, you they know, have. they were they were heavily in the mix for Gerald McCoy when he was a free yep. agent a couple years ago, and so they drafted Matabike in the third round, and he really fits kind of what they need to get some of that interior pass rush. And yep. then if these other guys stay healthy and play throughout the season, I say keep saying sixteen games, all seventeen games. Um, I I really think this pass rush is is going to be good, and one of the reasons for that. Transition here, Justin Houston. Uh, the addition to him, he got on the field uh, last week, late last week. You know, he hasn't. They're they're ramping him up. They're not putting him out there for a ton of uh, ton of stuff right now, but he's working his way up. And I've been impressed physically from what I've seen from him. Like, you know, what when they, as they went through drills, Drew Wilkins, the outside linebackers coach, told him on the first day, it "Looks like you've been here the whole time." Like that to me says something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I
1: I think that obviously he's going to be a really good player. He's done it, 97.5 career sacks. Um, You know, and I'm mostly intrigued in the way that the Ravens are going to use him. You know, he talked about that and being a big reason why he selected Baltimore over Pittsburgh, love it, Um, (laughs) is that he felt like in this defense with Wink as the defensive coordinator and the way that they were going to utilize him, it could put him in more one-on-one situations and just kind of, yeah, use him in a more versatile role, which is what Wink's known for. Um, so, I'm intrigued by that, by how, what that looks like. I don't know, you know, but uh, I'm sure Wink always has something up his sleeve when it comes to those blitz packages. And hey, he's a guy who's had 19 sacks over the past two years. If Wink can use him even better,
2: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. What, what did he put up that one year? <laughs> gonna like, go twenty sacks. He's gonna have twenty sacks a season. Man no, B- he's, he's not. Manabie is gonna have ten, but I bet he could get to double digits. <laughs> I bet Justin Houston could hit double digits. Well, sure. I mean, he had one nine. year. He had twenty two. Man, that's what I'm saying. You think he's gonna have that this year? No, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is this is me at uh, training camp live. You know, Mark Andrews thousand, Sammy yeah. Watkins eight hundred, Rashad Bateman seven hundred, Marquise twelve hundred. Yeah. Everybody, Everybody you know, everyone. Mar's, Mar, suddenly, Lamar's thrown for five thousand yards. All of a sudden, yeah.
2: Well, then also a thousand rushing yards for him. J.K. and well,
1: J.K. is going to put up six hundred receiving yards too because he's going to be utilized out of the backfield more.
2: And and a thousand rushing for him and Gus. Well, and, Gus, and Lamar. Well, the first three, uh, th- first team with three one thousand yard rushers. Gus looks like a better receiver. That's four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Raymond's going to have a million yards of offense this year. <laughs> plus, they a, better for my fantasy team. Plus a thousand sacks. Uh that's so, what training camp's about, man. Everyone looks great. No, I I uh, let's talk about the offense a little bit. Lamar Jackson got back on the field on Saturday. I mean, I think he talked about it today. He talked to the media today. We we're taping this on Monday. And he Greg Roman has talked about it, Harbaugh talked about it, and Lamar talked about it today. Trains left the station, he's trying to catch up, mm-hmm. and I think that there's Probably there's a, there's a period of that that he's going to have to kind of re from a physical and a mental standpoint because the Ravens have been putting in a lot of work yep. over the past two weeks. And that's, you know, the these coach... plays don't
1: look quite as familiar for him as they do the other quarterbacks. And, and honestly, I sensed that a little bit today. I, I thought that just as a, a shade of hesitation at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he's in the process. Like, there's no sugarcoating it. Missing 10 days of practice, you know, is not good. And you come back and they and they put in these plays and you gotta catch up. So he's in that process. The good news is that there's there's time. There's yeah, time. there's a month before the regular season. Right. You, you, it's obviously it's not good. You don't want to miss those practices. Um, but I'm not. You know, Lamar Jackson is really really good. And just by the nature of who he is and the way he plays the game, he's going to be a stud out there.
2: Yeah, and and there's still a month before the regular season. So like, I'm not worried about his ability to get caught up. Like, right. Right. At all. Uh, the other big news was Ronnie Stanley returned to the practice field again, not doing full team stuff. It's a reacclimation period, but having him back nine months after a really serious ankle injury is a great sign. Cause I think that's been like one of the big questions on the offense beyond new pieces, but it's the remade offensive line and, and, Ronnie is the anchor of that offensive line. Um, well, if there's, go,
1: we can say, judging by how good the pass rush has been in training camp, that we need Ronnie Stanley out there.
2: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean the Ravens gave him a huge contact for a reason. He's the best pass-blocking left tackle in the game. Might be the best left tackle overall in the game. Mm-hmm. You need him on the field, yeah. And the fact that he's out here right now before the preseason even starts obviously bodes well for the regular season. That is that that is a huge development for this offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been for whatever reason like concerns about oh, is he not going to be back in time? Just because you know people haven't seen him really. Yeah, he's not like posting videos all the time Mm -hmm. of himself working out like you see some guys do. Um, So yeah, I I think that uh, that's obviously a great development and. You know, It remains to be seen whether he's gonna see any preseason time, but I wouldn't say that he probably needs it. You right. know, he's gonna get good enough reps from Odafe Owe out here and Pernola Phi and, and the like. So um that that is really, really good news for the Ravens.
2: Yeah. It's now it's also huge news because the offensive line's been kinda of banged up lately. Kevin Zeitler's dealing with a foot sprain that's Got him sidelined for some period of time. Harbaugh said it's not going to be a day or two before he's back, but it's not going to be a month. So somewhere between a day and a month Uh is when he'll return. Um, And then Bozeman left practice early today. So they're dealing with some issues on the offensive line with keeping guys out there. But getting Stanley is is kind of the whole key for that O-line. And then receiver, 2 They've been dealing with issues there throughout camp. Miles Boykin's been sidelined. Hollywood Brown's been sidelined since the second day. Now, good news on Hollywood, he's been coming out over the past couple of days and watching practice and also doing some sprint work on his own off to the side. So if he's running and it's a hamstring issue, that is a really good sign. Mm -hmm. Like Going out there, watching practice, and then also like he looks like he's moving well when he's working with the trainers. So if it was a... I would think if it's something that's going to keep him sidelined for a, a lot more time, he wouldn't be sprinting out there right now.
1: Well, you want to be really cautious with hamstrings. Yeah, I know. Especially for, <laughs>
2: especially in all honesty, for a speed receiver. Oh, exactly. You You don't rush him back or else it's going to be something you're dealing with all season long. Exactly.
1: Practice is great. It's important. Very important. But games are more important. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure and be cautious with Marquise and make sure that he's right for week one. Uh, so he can go out there and have a Miami Dolphins kind of game, yeah. Week One, yeah. blow it up. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see this offense continue to develop. I do think the offensive line needs to, they need to rise up. You know, Villanueva, also we didn't mention him. He needs to. He's kind of finding his way on the right side in that transition. Um, you know, he needs more reps there, and he's going to get them. Um, so this this offense has a lot of potential, but. We haven't seen it all come together yet, and we're still early in training camp, and I'm excited to see how it develops.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the first game is Saturday. The Ravens are going to get their first preseason action Saturday against the New Orleans Saints at m Bank Stadium. Uh, we have tickets over the course of the season that we have released some more tickets, so make sure that you go ahead and get those. You can get more information on that by visiting BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Some single-game tickets. Also, if you're interested in PSLs, you can get more information on that there. Um, so... It's going to be fun to have a game back at MT Bank Stadium with fans. You know, the, the practice two weeks ago was the taste, um, but now we're going to have a game. It's going to be, you know, it's obviously just a preseason game, but it's going to be an exciting atmosphere, and I can't wait.
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at theloungeatravens.nfl.net. We'll be back with you next week with, I'm sure, another great we only guests. get great guests. All we have is great guests. So, right, we are the bad part of this podcast. <laughs> the guests are the great part. So, exactly. We'll be back next week.